you know, this is a hard one to do. I've never really done something like this to where in the moment I can tell you as I'm making it, I'll, I'll have all the passion, all the fire that you always want to see. Then you sit down to make it and you just think about, you know, I haven't been into football for that long. And uh, I actually wasn't a big sports guy for that long. And uh, the first thing I fell in love with, I think really fell in love with. If you're if you're in the state of Michigan, you really don't know what a winning program and a culture is all about. And so I guess I was spoiled, to say the least, when I first started getting into college football. I, I watched MSU. And I, I just couldn't believe it. It was Michigan State. It was the no-fly zone. And I was just so spoiled to watch that team at that time. Darkwest Denard, here he comes off the corner. Pass is caught! Are you kidding? You know, if you go back and you look at that 2014 MSU team, I argue to this day that, that with that defense, you see one of the, um, one of the best overall teams with a young Connor Cook leading the charge. The no-fly zone was at its prime, at its peak, and I, I fell in love with that team. And I believe that team, if if it was the playoff bracket that year and they took four teams, MSU would have won the national championship that year. I was so infatuated with how good that team was and and just watching them play. I, I couldn't believe it. They... They upset OSU in the Big Ten title game. I think they were ranked number two. They knocked them out of their chance, and then they went on to uh, they went on to go win the Rose Bowl that year, twenty four to twenty. And I it was just it was one of those magical moments that made me really fall in love with wanting to be a Michigan State Spartan fan, and that's how I kind of kept it from there on out. And I I proceeded to become that. You know, then you see the 2015 season. It's supposed to be the season that they pull everything together. And Jalen Watts-Jackson really kicks off the season. Not kicks off the season strong, but he makes that exclamation point moment with the the call that I was at B-dubs with all my friends. And I remember the exact moment. Oh, he had trouble with the snap. My two best friends didn't say a word the whole car ride home. I'll never forget that moment. It was one of the coolest things about being a Michigan State fan. And it was just, I was spoiled by it. That was the year they played Oregon round two and they beat them. I know Oregon wasn't a good team, but they they got their home and home series with them and they beat them. And it was awesome. That really kicked off the season for us. And then, you know, as we progressed down the season, we saw a lot of awesome moments. And then we got screwed in that nighttime game in Nebraska. I remember that. It was a bunch of BS. Except look again. It looks like Riley steps out of bounds. He clearly is out of bounds. The refs review it. They say that Riley was forced out of bounds. They went to the replay review, but they aren't allowed to overturn that call because it's a judgment call. So despite the fact that he did go out of bounds, they couldn't do anything. Nebraska still gets the touchdown. They take the lead. I remember my friends texting me that day and saying Michigan State's over, they're done, they can't do this, they're not going to make the playoffs like everyone expects. 
And that was just two weeks after the Michigan game. And then you're starting to wonder, well, can we beat OSU just two weeks later? And then your heart kind of snaps. And you realize that Connor Cook's uh, hurt. How's Connor Cook going to play? And you know, MSU that year, they had such a talented team. But with Connor Cook out, you kind of started to think, well, we're going against OSU. Everything's about to fall apart here. And then uh, it was like, Damian Terry and then one other guy who I, I can't remember for the life of me. I watched them run a two quarterback system and it was one of the most pathetic quarterback games I've ever watched MSU put out there until recently, of course. And they won the game. <laughs> it blew me away because it, it was such a it was such a profound game that MSU needed to go out and win. They won 17 to 14. I think Ezekiel Elliott was their running back at the time. And everyone was, uh, it was JT Barrett and Ezekiel Elliott. And, and Tyrell O'Connor was that other quarterback who I couldn't think of. And it was just so funny because it was such a masterful performance. How did, how did D'Antonio come up with that? How could you have been so, he was so confident with everything he was running. It just worked even though it looked like it didn't work. It, this wasn't supposed to happen. You're not supposed to beat Urban Meyer and a fully loaded OSU team with your starting quarterback out. How is this even happening? But it did. The magical season continued. And then it was Iowa. It was the night game. One of the coolest moments of my life. And, and one of the running backs on that team, he was a true freshman. His name was LJ Scott. A masterful drive with MSU trailing late. It had to be the drive. You felt like something was going to happen here. And it was like a, it was like an 80-yard drive or something. And I mean, every single play, they just handed him the ball. The ball kept, it was just pound it, pound it, pound it. Nine minutes off the clock. It's a third and like one on the Iowa one. And they, LJ Scott reaches across the goal line as a true freshman. And it was so magical. A nine-minute drive considered to be one of the most prolific drives in college football history. Textbook done by none other than Mark D'Antonio. Another insane moment they would go on to appear in the college football playoffs something that was around for two years now and I, I couldn't believe it I, I was watching one of the most amazing things in my life now of course they got whooped by Alabama we don't need to discuss that it's about the ride getting there it's about living in the moment it's about when you play Baylor in the Cotton Bowl when Baylor had I think Bryce Petty and they were rolling, and MSU comes storming back in the fourth quarter, and you just don't expect it. But this team and this head coach, they continue to make you believe in them. They continue to pound Michigan. They continue to show everyone that they are a team that can overcome any obstacle put in their way. And that's why this video sucks to make. Because those days are so long gone now. You fast forward. Ever since that loss, it hasn't been the same. It's 2019 now. There's been no real success. I don't care about your upset wins against garbage Penn State. I don't respect Penn State as a football team. Faced Arizona State, night game on the coast. Got embarrassed, led for the entire game until the end. And then they 
They come to East Lansing. They face off against Michigan State again in the rematch revenge game. D'Antonio's had all this time to plan for it. And what happens? We put up seven points. We put up seven points, and then after the game, my own head coach, the guy that really made me fall in love with the program, comes out and he says, well, the refs really screwed us over at that that jumping over spot. Should have been a penalty there. There should have been a penalty there? Are you being serious right now? You scored seven points. Seven points in your revenge game. The coach that I knew and loved for grit and determination wants to play this outdated smash-mouth football that doesn't exist anymore with a quarterback in Brian Lewerke who just isn't what we thought he was. And you continue to trot out that terrible defense. Dave Warner's gone. Pat Narduzzi's gone. Pat Narduzzi held the team together. Now you have the second-best defense since the the 13-14 season, and you're telling me you're going to come up with an excuse like that? Seven points in college football. We're supposed to be contending for Big Ten National Championships. We can barely score a touchdown. Brian Lewerke looks worse than ever now. I see nothing changing. We got rid of the offensive coordinator. You're the one that's supposed to be changing this program when something's wrong. You're getting older. You may be my favorite coach I've ever had. I've ever gotten to watch. I've been so privileged to watch you. You'll never be fired, D'Antonio, but it is time to retire. And I think it's become very evident in... And, and I don't like people making excuses for you. I have friends that go to Lansing or MSU, and they, they tell me the same thing. Don't, don't bash D'Antonio. It's, it's one. No, it's not. It's not one year. It's seven points. It's a team that continues to look bad, worse and worse. It's a team that doesn't throw for a touchdown in four games in a row. You cannot do that. Can you imagine matching up against Oklahoma or something? Do you not understand what would happen to you? Do you think you could go toe-to-toe with any of the top 10 teams? That LSU team this year, Georgia, do you think Auburn, Clemson, Alabama, none of them, all of them would destroy you. You continue to hide in the shell that is the Big Ten, winning meaningless games after losing every single game that matters. And then you go out when your team is destroyed because you can't beat some team like Maryland and you go out and you upset a team like Penn State and then the fans will flock to you and they will try to justify that this is okay because he does that. No, it is not. Just because a coach has done so much for you, do not forget about loyalty, yes, but do not. Let your program self-destruct over the inept thinking that one coach, because he's so great, can never be criticized and can never fall off. He's on the hot seat now more than ever, and D'Antonio, you will not be long. This program is quickly, quickly dissipating, and I don't want to see that. But I guess people want to defend people who have done stuff, or you want to defend people who have never done anything, like... 
like uh, Jim Harbaugh. He hasn't given you anything, and more and more excuses get made for him. You cannot be happy with being mediocre. I have a coach that's accomplished so much, and I expect that to be at the highest level every season because he's done it in the past. I don't give him passes. I don't allow excuses. We move on every season, just like the best coaches, just like Saban. I expect the same performance. This is your final year. Thank you for all the memories. It is one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. You are no longer going to be a coach for Michigan State Spartans. Anyone who defends you will just continue to ignore the fact that this team looks terrible. They will continue to ignore the fact the play calling looks abysmal. They will continue to ignore the fact that trick plays don't exist in your playbook unless you're playing Michigan or OSU. And you continue to ignore the fact that the program is going off a cliff. Special time for all the Spartans. And we came here in force. Very, very happy for our football team. The resilience we've shown all season long. I knew last year... That if we came this year, we'd be if we found the inches, that we could be something special. 13 and one's pretty special. I want to congratulate our players.